Welcome to the Course in Miracles podcast. Before the ayahuasca, before the Here we are, back at it, Course in Miracles podcast, Lesson 84. So thanks again to each and every one of you. Again, the download numbers keep going up and up and up and up, and that makes me very happy. Not f- it, it does, I was going to say, not from ego, but it does. It makes, my, it makes my ego feel really good. It's a definite ego stroke to see the numbers of downloads basically doubling in, over the course of the last like two months, I want to say. So solid chunk. We are moving into, you are moving into about the one quarter mark. So by this point, hopefully the Holy Spirit is starting to whisper into your ear a little bit more and perhaps guide you a little bit more, and perhaps there are some things that your ego has wanted to say, maybe in, maybe in some of your personal relationships or in any of the examples I'm always using, like in the grocery store line or at the coffee shop or wherever. Perhaps by this point, the Holy Spirit has come in and hijacked your ego, overridden your ego, and... Hopefully you are seeing some little breakthroughs. I'm going to admit that I did not do the best job with this. I have not done the best job with this review section. I have not been as devoted, so I need to personally recommit. I need to recommit and get serious again. And this is the it's this is a point where I think it is just to normalize. This is a point where it's really easy to drop off. It's really easy at this point to skip the lesson for the day or skip the podcast for the day and then pick it back up five years later. This is a good, this is the point where something like that might happen, where you take a seven year break from the course uh, to return to it in uh, 2030 or whatever. That would not be uncommon. That, there would be nothing wrong with that. All of, of that being said, that is not what it needs to happen. So I'm calling myself out and <clears throat> recommitting to, uh, divest, uh, to putting as much energy into this as I can, into my own personal coursework. So I actually record the course at a different time from when I work the course. So right now it is Friday night and I'm recording Saturday's lesson. So the, the recording part of it is different from the working the course part. And this is, a, this is a side note. I think I mentioned this at some point in the beginning, but Helen Shuckman, who was the person that scribed the whole thing, so, you know, the, the, the story, so the story goes with The Course of Miracles that Helen Shuckman started having visits from Jesus in her dreams. And he was basically telling her, like, you're going you're gonna to create this thing for me. I'm going to work through you, and you're going to create this thing, this Course in Miracles. And so he essentially utilized her, and as the result of her working in conjunction with JC, it took him seven years for this thing to get created completely. It took her seven years to complete it. And she never worked it. She never really did. She didn't really do the lessons. I don't think she was necessarily even a very spiritual person. So it's really interesting. And this is, I think, a lot of the the like the traditional religionists. That's part of like the problem that they have, or part of their belief that this is of astral or maybe demonic origin, is that 
it was she was basically a medium. She was basically a channel. And so I guess it says in the Bible, Jesus warns people in the Bible that there will be false prophets and to watch out for them. And so the traditional religionists would have to would have that to say about this, that that there is a uh, that this is false and that she was per, you know, she was dealing with occult forces or whatever. I understand, as I said before, I understand where they're coming from on this. I understand where like a traditional religionist is coming from here. That being said, the emphasis on the course over and over and over and over again is to forgive and forgive and forgive and forgive and forgive. And as I have said many times, and will probably say many more, Jesus says in this Course in Miracles that he demonstrated under the most extreme circumstances that, an, that a person could ever be faced with, um, that it is possible to forgive and that people really don't know what they're doing. And because they don't know what they're doing, because they're caught up in this illusion, in this mitote, as the Toltecs call it, Don Miguel Ruiz's sort of people call it, uh, or as the Hindus refer to it, the it, I believe it's the Hindus, uh, Maya, the architect of delusion, it's all an illusion. It's not real. If it's not love, it's not real. And so if someone uh, murders someone in front of you, your job as air or does something horrific in front of you, or if you see the politicians in the world uh, behaving horrifically, um, your job is to forgive them. And there is so much freedom in that. I, I do not appreciate what the leaders of the world are up to. I do not appreciate what the leaders of the United States are currently up to. That being said, there is freedom in forgiving them. There is freedom in relating to them with Course in Miracles principles. There is, uh, you can free yourself of the burden that the ego will have on you as the result of, um, there's freedom that comes as a result of applying this course stuff everywhere and always. And in doing that, as I've said many, many times, you are taking your part in the atonement, which is essentially the atonement is when every person has re forgiven every other person um, and then we will have heaven on earth. That is the atonement, and it's the interlocking chain of forgiveness. And by you practicing this, you are taking a very uh, powerful stance inside of this sort of time-space reality. And Course in Miracles also says that time is useful. Like, we'll use time. Same with the body. It basically says time, as soon as you, there's a point at which you won't need time anymore and it will cease to exist. It's something like that. And it says the same about the body. The body will, at some point, this body is just this little meat suit that you're sort of stuck inside of. And when it's no longer useful, it will just be cast aside. So as a, a relatively vain person, that can be a challenge. That can be challenging to wrap my head around. Um, as a person who is prone to have a pretty big ego, that can be something... Uh, that can be challenging to be with as well. But just keep ply applying the principles. Just keep connecting with God uh, in whatever venue you find appropriate or that suits you, whatever other venue suits you aside from this one. So without further ado, lesson 84, 
which is a review of Lesson 67. Again, you're taking about 15 minutes and you're reading over these. You're reading over the, you're taking 15 minutes in the morning and 15 minutes in the evening and you're gonna cover, uh, or in the morning, in the afternoon, whenever, and you're gonna spend about 15 minutes on each lesson and you begin the practice period by reading for about three or four minutes, you read over the top part and then you read the italicized part and you wait and listen for the answer. So let listen, uh, you wait and you listen for what God has to say to you or the Holy Spirit has to say to you. Again, the Holy Spirit being the intercessor, that which exists between us and God, because God is too gigantic for anyone to comprehend. So the Holy Spirit is the, it's kind of like the uh, God's attorney or something, the, the intercessor, the consigliere for God is the Holy Spirit. I don't know if that's a perfect analogy, but it's something like that. Anyway, lesson 67, love created me like itself. I am in the likeness of my creator. I cannot suffer. I cannot experience loss and I cannot die. I am not a body. I would recognize my reality today. I will worship no idols nor raise my own self-concept to replace myself. So it's self-concept with a small s to replace myself with a big S. I am in the likeness of my creator. Love created me like itself. And if you recall this initial lesson, it's the way you applied the lesson was you said love created me like it said, like itself. Holiness created me holy. Forgiveness for, for created me forgiving. Forgiving perfection created me perfect. Heavenliness created me heavenly, etc. It was a really it's a really fun lesson, lesson 67. So, you might find these specific forms helpful in applying the idea. Let me not see an illusion of myself in this. As I look on this, let me remember my creator. My creator did not create this as I see it. So I am not a body. I would recognize my reality today. I will worship no idols. That would be like money or sex or your romantic partner. It's really easy to turn our, our romantic partners into idols. In other words, to place them before God or to turn them into God. I have certainly been guilty of that. I am in the likeness of my creator. <clears throat> Love created me like itself. So I will worship no idols. So other examples of idols, uh, liquor, drugs, um, your car, <laughs> there are all sorts of places we idolize things. Uh, lesson 68, love holds no grievances. These beautiful grievance lessons. Love holds no grievances. Grievances are completely alien to love. Grievances attack love and keep its light obscure. If I hold grievances, I am attacking love and therefore attacking myself. Myself thus becomes alien to me. I am determined not to attack myself. That's self with a capital S. I am determined not to attack myself today so that I can remember who I am. So like we're all God, it's all one. And if you're holding a grievance against your neighbor or your partner or your mom or your dad or your brother or your sister or that jackass in front of you in traffic, if you're, if you're holding a grievance against them, whoever that is, you are attacking love. And because of that, you are attacking yourself, yourself with a big S. So anytime that you are, you know, f f for instance, uh, 
the politicians who I mentioned uh, not that long ago at the beginning of the episode, holding a grievance against them or holding a grievance against someone who believes the truth is different from what it is or believes that their truth is different from your truth. There's really only one truth. But what's happening currently in the, in the political arena is that people are, the, the real argument has to do a great deal in part to this is what I think the truth is. And the other people are, the other side is like, no, this is the truth. And the other part side is like, no, this is the truth. And so in a lot of ways, it is a battle for truth. And so when you're holding a grievance against one of those people that, or organizations or whatever, that believes a different truth than you do, you are actually attacking love and you are therefore also attacking yourself. So that being said, it does not mean that we condone this. We don't, it doesn't mean that we condone what people are doing. It doesn't mean that we necessarily approve. It doesn't mean that uh, they are not perhaps, um, they, they might very well be uh, um, being attacked psychically. There may be demons at work in it. There may be malevolent forces at play currently. That is not our concern. Our concern as miracle workers is to just work these lessons, hold no grievances, forgive and forgive and forgive. And by doing that, you are taking your rightful place in this very odd time, space, reality that we find ourselves existing inside of currently. Thank you again, miracle workers. Appreciate each and every one of you. Shoot me an email if you'd like, Course of Miracles Podcast at gmail.com. And stay tuned for tomorrow's lesson. Thanks a lot. Mm-hmm.